And what's your name? I have three hoopa. And what's mommy? A Nuna. She's a Nuna. And what's daddy? A uh, Sunbay. Daddy is your Sunbay, yes. And what else is daddy? A Hyung. Mm hmm. And what about your little sister? What's she? A girl. She's a girl, yes. And is she a Hubei or a Sunbay? Hubei. Hubei, yes, she's your Hubei. And you're her Sunbay. Can you say Harrison Sunbay? Harrison Sunbay. Wow. Can't believe you're already a Sunbay. Hello, Internet. You're listening to Genius Cast with Scott and Mike. I'm Scott. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about a finale of hopefully not the last episode of our favorite show. Yeah, I think my son would have been excited, too, if he understood any of the show, but he does understand uh, all the Korean terms of uh, honor or whatever. whatever that's right. Called. One day, his chingu yas will be really excited to hear that tape when they're <laughs> listening to it. Every time I get the microphone in front of him, he just wants to sing the alphabet song for his little sister, who is, as of today, 13 days old. So, um, yeah, he's a good big brother. And now a Sunday. <sighs> they grow up Sunday. so fast. Yeah, they really do. They go from Hubei to Sunday, and then before you know it, they're off to university for uh, 5,000 won a semester. Well, how much won was it in the last episode? I don't remember. Yeah, it was some amount of won. Yep. It was cheap. Cheaper than going to school here, that's for sure. But unlike Dongmin, your kids will be able to read before they get to school, so they'll have those built-in advantages, unlike the wildflowers that grow out in the fields. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a good time to mention that uh, we're going to spoil stuff from the genius. Uh, this is maybe the last episode ever. So if you're not all caught up with everything that's happened through four seasons of the genius, we will be ruining it for you. So I would advise you to get to it and watch those old episodes. Now that that said, uh, we are through the finals of season four. The winner is, uh, yeah. All right. I don't really have much to say. Want to just call it a podcast? (laughs) The final boss. uh, Let's hope Kyung Hoon got a couple of extra lives in this video game because he did not beat the final boss. He needs the Capcom code. That's exactly right. Uh, I I was just going to add one thing. I know we usually give a spoiler warning, but it's more important this week than most because Miles and Rob did an awesome podcast introducing people to the genius. And I'd imagine... Uh, there are lots of people who are newly excited about getting into the show who we'll be talking to in the next you know, weeks and months to come, but they should not listen to this episode until they are caught up. Yeah, they should not listen to any of season four of this podcast. But one of the things that we have planned uh, coming up, this is not farewell for Genius Cast. First of all, there may be more seasons of the Korean show. We don't know for sure. It seems maybe there won't be, but there might be. Um, but the show has been picked up in some other foreign markets have provided we are able to watch those and understand what's happening and it's very hard to understand the queen's english but we will do our best uh we would love to continue podcasting those but also uh we are looking to a project uh where, where we'll be going back uh to old episodes and doing the podcast as if we have not seen those episodes before so that when you get one of your friends uh into the into the genius you tell your wife or your husband or your best friend or a family member you got to watch this show um, our podcast would be able to accompany them on that journey. After each episode, they would have an episode of the podcast that would not spoil anything beyond that episode. And uh, Mike, I know this project is a little bit beyond the scope of your availability. So we are looking forward 
as we as we embark on this that Mike you will be uh you will have the option to to jump in for as many episodes as you like but otherwise it'll be me and any number of luminaries in the field of people who like the genius so some of the yep. people who have been guests on the podcast this season might pop in for an episode or four and uh, uh otherwise we might find some other new voices to join us to talk about those episodes and to break them down and to create the full genius podcast experience uh to help immerse new viewers in it that we were lacking it's one of those things that would have been great going through the genius the first time would have been uh, to have uh podcast friends talking us through it and and helping us make sense of things and you know you're sitting there in your room and and sangman has just won season two and you're going nuts and there's no one to break it down for you so we're going to yeah. do that no that's right i'd expect a lot of special guests along the way but i will be there and i will also throw in that uh, dom and colin have awesome full season recaps but i think even they would tell you there is a wealth of information and a wealth that you could talk about for each individual episode so hopefully we'll be able to do that. And there are a yeah, lot of folks in the world of genius who would love to talk about it. Their season recaps are fantastic. If you have not listened to those, you absolutely should uh, from the Dom and Colin podcast. And they have a great new uh, logo as well. That's really cool. I won't spoil that for you, but go take a <laughs> the look. Logo, it is really great. Whoever made no that logo an amazing spoilers. job. Yeah, it that was, is, that was fantastic. We don't, nobody loves us that much. We do get the weird emails from Korea about how great Dongman is, but uh, no one has made us a logo. But um, maybe just because our, our repeating Sangman logo is like is untoppable. It's yeah, how are you going to awesome. top? You can't top Sangman. Uh, but but our our recaps our our going back in time and and relook at episode recaps serve a different purpose than the Dom and Colin recaps, uh, which you know when you listen to the season one recap, it's spoil season one, so you can't listen to it w- while you're watching that season. So this is something that'll be more step by step. So as you're watching the season, you can have a little bit of content between each episode. That's right. I look forward to talking about episode one and talking about how I'm certain that Poong has this thing in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eventually host a show about what's in his refrigerator and it's going to be a major Korean celebrity. Well, it'll be fun. Like in uh, season three, episode two, talking about how that's the last we'll ever see this Kyung Hoon guy. And, and thank goodness. And uh, no, you know, I mean, who, who could have predicted at that point that he would become our, our favorite genius player and, and just an absolute superstar of the show and, and what an exciting narrative. So um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of things that'll be fun to go back and pretend we don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to do it. So that's going to be fun. And one more thing that I want to talk about, and I'll, hopefully I'll remember to talk about this again later in the episode when uh, you're, you're leaving us on this episode and you're ready to go back out into the world and act on this information. But I have a Kickstarter going right now. You can go to thegreatscott.com slash games. That's T-H-E-G-R-E-A-T-S-C-O-T-T dot com slash games. I'm doing a Kickstarter for games called Racing Stripe and Deduction. Racing Stripe is my take on, basically, it's, it's very similar to Monorail. And in fact, you can play Monorail with those cards um, and then deduction uh, is is a take on black and white it's different from black and white but again you can play the pure black and white game with those cards and those cards are self-reading for deduction so you don't need dealer nuna i mean if you can get her great I, I wouldn't recommend against it if you can but if you can't it could just be you and your opponent and you can play the game um, you'll be able to know who wins each round without anybody knowing which card their opponent has played true to the game so that's a really neat thing. And Mike, I sent you uh, copies of, of these games, uh, which, yep. which you received. I, they, I did, and we were just talking about them when we were talking on video. I showed you I have them right here in front of me, and I've been really impressed. I'm looking forward to sitting down with folks and going through these, even folks who have never seen Monorail or the Black and White game. I think we'll get a kick out of them. So I think it'll be a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, they are. 
they're really a lot of fun, and, and I've uh, you know people come visit to see the baby, and I've made them play test the game with me, and they do it kind of reluctantly, and then they really enjoy it, and we wind up playing them for a while. So it's a lot of fun. TheGreatScott.com slash games. You can pick either for $15, but you can do both for just 25 And the way Kickstarter works is you log on, you, you pledge to back the project for your $25. If we get enough backers, then the project goes, and I print the cards, and I send you your cards, and your credit card gets charged. If we don't get enough people and the project doesn't go, you, your credit card is not charged. You pay nothing. Um, you don't get the cards in that case. So the best thing to do is, is go to thegreatscott.com slash games, back the project for $25, and then tell all your friends about it. And if they back it as well, we have a much better chance of getting the project uh, going ahead. So uh, please please do that. So uh, that being said, are we ready to talk about episode 12 of season four of The Genius? We are. I just want to throw in one other note, which is to say that even though this is our podcast about the last episode of season four, I do not think we are done talking about season four. So I would expect ah, yes, some, yes. More, some more season four talk to come, uh, both in terms of ways to play some of these games at home and generally recaps with some folks who probably know a lot more about this than we do. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, basically we have, we have two podcasts coming up without getting too much into it. One of them may or may not be uh, – we, we may or may not be expecting to talk to someone who was um, – uh, who's playing these games uh, on television in Korea. But uh, for more on that, you'll have to stay tuned to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, or you can visit us at geniuscast.podbean.com, and you can listen to the episodes that way. Uh, so there's there's no shortage of ways to, to hear our voices. Um, and also, of course, please... Oh, and the, the other podcast we're going to be doing is about games. So if you like the games on The Genius, we'll be talking about how you can play them at home through a game night, how you can find some of these games that are, are commercially available, and uh, for others, which ones you could sort of, which ones would work in a home format. So for that one, we're expecting to be talking with Ian Terry, winner of Big Brother Season 14, an avid games fan, and Miles Nye, who we also spoke with earlier this season, who um, is a professional game designer and game runner. So um, a lot of great insight then. So look forward to those two podcasts. They'll be coming up, and it'll be a lot of fun to record those. All right. Okay. All right. Shall we get into it? I think we're ready. Okay. Um, follow Mike on Twitter also at, at Michael Botta, B-O-T-T-A, and I'm at who is Scott Green. Dongman wins again. Yeah, I like we'll have the discussion as we go here about Dongman's overall you know rankings in the pantheon of reality TV contestants at this point. But this is a tremendous performance by Dongman, not just uh in the social arena, like we watched him work with the you know returning contestants at the beginning of this game to get as, as many items as he is possibly going to be able to get. But then as we just go into the games, he does fantastically well at uh, what I will call Korean Stratego number jangi, which was fantastic. Yeah, and, yeah. and just in a blast of pure IQ ability does fantastically with mystery sign. And I will get into it as we go here, but not only were these two really compelling games, I thought for the finale, but you absolutely have to hand it to Dongmin with tr- tremendous performances in both. Unreal. And, you know, I, I believe uh, on a previous episode, it, I believe Kaz was saying, it was talking about how, um, you know, let's see how Dongman does at a one-on-one game that he hasn't seen before because, you know, all the death matches this season were, they knew what was coming. And especially with, with 12 Jangi, he knew for a week that 12 Jangi was coming up. So, well, if he's so great, let's see how he does with new games that he's not seen before. I, I just think this ends the conversation. I mean, yeah, he can prepare for 12 Jangi. He can prepare for Gilhap and whatever other death match games he, he might have expected to face this season. But he did not know that number Jangi and uh, uh, what was the other Mystery, game called? Mystery Sign. Mystery Sign, yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't know those are coming up. And he just 
just he just kills him. I mean, it's just it's just a fantastic performance. And even if you want to say that his performance in Number Jangy was aided by the fact he could speak with his helpers before they started, what are you going to say about Mystery Sign when he's solving these equations that the other eleven eliminated players sitting in the room are just dumbfounded to see him cracking? It's 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 just an amazing performance. So um, for, for as much as I've been saying for weeks that I was ready for Dongman to go, uh, you know, his, his personality, he, he's just, he's such an overbearing personality and he sucks all the oxygen out of the room. So from that sense, the show suffers a little bit just because it's the, it's the all Dongman all the time show. But in terms of like being impressed with someone playing the game perfectly, you just got to give it to the guy. I mean, that, that, how does, I, I don't even know what to say. Like I'm just flabbergasted that, that he's able to accomplish this. Yeah, it was interesting in terms of sucking the oxygen out of the room. Now that Sangman was back, like you could see the two of them are really the stars of the show when it comes to being lively presences on TV. Sangman's the only person who is able to suck up camera time uh, when Dongman is on a show. And, and he does. He turns Dongman into a, a what wilting violet, a sh- a shrinking violet. What's the... He's into a flower that's smaller than it used to be. <laughs> I think you got it with Shrinking Violet. But in any yeah. case, he it is great to have him back. He plays a fantastic role in you know, pulling everybody into this episode. Uh, and <laughs> as we get into it here, it's fun to talk a little bit about all the our returning cast of characters uh, as folks make it back into the arena. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, so coming into it, like we were talking last week about how the item uh, items are going to be handed out. And we get a sense pretty quickly as the players come in that it, it probably will be somewhat even. But we open the episode with uh, Dongmin and Kyunghoon talking about themselves. We see them holding up pictures of themselves as children. Kyunghoon born in 1988. Um, wow. <laughs> that's, that's not very long ago. No, he's a year older than Taylor Swift, which is, as I have gathered from Taylor Swift albums, she's born in 1989. So uh, he's, he's not quite the youngest uh, pop celebrity that I follow now, but he's pretty close. Yeah, but I got to say, her uh, her songs about their breakup, uh, her and Kyunghoon, are just brutal. No, they're very emotional. They're right. beautiful and emotional, but but kind of brutal. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was an interesting dichotomy. They kind of, they push it pretty hard. The idea that, you know, Dongmin is the wildflower. He has to, he scammed his way into school because he couldn't read, but he was able to do it. Whereas uh, Kyunghoon has, you know, had a comfortable upbringing, you know, had tutors and and training, and obviously, as we know now, went to school in the United States. But Dongmin is the the diamond in the rough who's had to overcome hardship, and you know, which which I think explains a lot. Which I think explains a lot about Kyunghoon because um, you know you're talking about a guy. Part of why he makes such good TV is because like he wants to win, but he doesn't need to win. Like you feel like you get the sense, and I'd love to I'd love to find out about this for sure. But you get the sense that like winning this money isn't going to change his life. Like winning the game would be a great thing for him and he'd love to win. It'd be a major accomplishment, but that, you know, he, he doesn't need it in the way that, you know, maybe some of the other players uh, really get a boost in their life from the money. I mean, Sangman who's in debt uh, sort of thing, you know, where, where he would really need the money where Kyunghoon is able to just, he's able to enjoy the game for its own sake without thinking too much about the money, which is a lot of fun for us as viewers. I think when you have someone um, who like like you see on Survivor a lot of times, um, like in Survivor All Stars, where like Jenna Lewis is willing to give up on a split vote at the final four to ensure herself essentially third place because the, she's going to move up seventy five thousand dollars in the pay scale, right? Like she doesn't want to take a chance of getting a rock that knocks her out at one hundred seventy five thousand dollars for fourth place when she could be guaranteed a, a 
uh, or $100,000 for fourth place, when she can get 175 for third place or whatever it is. But, you know, like you, you get the sense that, that with Kyunghoon, he's because of that upbringing, he's able to just go for it. So you're saying that Kyunghoon is willing to do less for money than Jenny Lewis is willing to do for money. I would agree with that sentiment. Um, we don't even need to go there other than to say that uh, now that now that Survivor's starting up again this week, I think she's Rob's first recap guest. So that, yeah, that I don't I don't want to see her Kickstarter. Yeah, it's good. Something different. Something different. <laughs> yeah. Um, beyond beyond even the monetary aspect of it, though, I think that because Kim Hoon was not one of the celebrities on the show, you know, you can even take it a step further and say that other folks have a real you know career link to being on TV, and the longer they stay, you know, the more exposure it means for their careers. Uh, Kyung Hoon is a grad student. He is not looking to be a celebrity in, in Korea, as far as I know. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but being on the show for him is more about you know the thrill of competing and, and his love for the show itself. It's less about you know boosting his career or you know being desperate for money, like you pointed out. But you know, for someone like Dongmin, Dongmin seems to go all out. You know, he, he treats every single game like life or death uh, in a way that maybe Kyung Hoon didn't, especially in this last round. Right, right, for sure. Um, yeah, but he he's also got that element that I, I've talked about this before on the podcast. This element of like when he when he got eliminated in season three, and you just you feel his pain. Like he saw the show, he loved the show, he went out, he got to do it. He he went a little too hard at it. Um, you know, uh, um, maybe almost like. It's not a great comparison, but a little bit like Audrey from Big Brother this season where she's been a fan for so long and she finally gets out there and she's trying to do all the tricks that she knows from like playing Big Brother games on the internet. And then like real people who are really playing the game for real are like, no, get out of here. You like, we're not, that's not going to work on us. Like it's, there's like something there to like, like you love the show so much that like, like of mice and men, like, like you love the rabbit so much that you crush it. Sort of thing. Well, both times, Kyunghoon came out playing extremely hard out of the gates. The difference was this season, he's able to recover. Uh, he's able to acknowledge that he you know, was playing too hard and sort of you know, look for ways to use that and turn it to his advantage in a way that he wasn't able to do last season. And I haven't watched a lot of Big Brother this season, but from what I understand, Audrey was not able to do on Big Brother this year either. So good on Kyunghoon. It's not an easy thing to do to turn around your first impression that you make on a group of people who are competing and who are you know basically all stars on the show. Yeah, but on Big Brother Grand Final, Audrey's going to put it together and she's going to make it all the way to the end where she's going. She's she's going to beat. Yeah, she'll beat Doctor Will and she'll beat Dan Giesling and then she'll have to match up against Derek in the finals. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> So, uh, all right, uh, where are we? Um, the Genius, yes. That's that Korean game show that you like, correct? Still, that's where we still are. Still like it. Still, still like Still talking it. about it. All right. Yep. Uh, Dongman born in 1979. And, you know, there's another guy who, like, I mean, he, he seems like he'd be older than that. Um, but he's not. It's very impressive that at, at, what, 36 years old or whatever he is. I mean, who knows what he is in Korean years, but at least in English years, he's 35 or 36. Yeah, and, um, and Scott, I think you and I are about the same age, and we're pretty much smack dab in between these two guys. So mm-hmm. who do you identify with more, just given those intros? Um, well, I'm taller than five foot three, so I got to say Kyunghoon. That's fair. That's fair. I, I would also say Kyunghoon for me, just in terms of I pretty much just got out of grad school, so I, I definitely identify with the the guy making his way in the world, whereas Dongman seems pretty well established. He's got a, you know, a stable career. 
he yeah like height jokes aside i don't know how tall dongman is i'd say he's probably at least five four but um yeah like just the sense of i don't have dongman's supreme confidence you know like here's a guy who who everything he says he seems so self-assured he knows he knows how to read people to this extreme degree he's just he's even even at 35 36 he's an old soul in the sense that he just he knows people and he gets it in a way that that can you imagine like how much how much better one could do socially or in business if you had those people skills that Dongman has? I, I feel I definitely identify more with the young guy who's um, who's a fan of the show, who wants to do well, who's still trying to prove himself. Um, you know, I, I think I, I mean, like you said, we're we're in the middle between them, but I think I'm closer on the spectrum to where Kyung Hoon is than to where Dongman is. Yep, same here. And for that, among many other reasons, I think we were both rooting for for Kyung Hoon throughout this episode. And when I saw the list of games, I mean, we'll get to this as we go, but when we saw the list of games, I thought, you know what? That's a pretty decent uh, lineup for Kyung Hoon. Just if you told me those would be the three games, I probably would have told you, yeah, Kyung Hoon's got a good shot here. Especially that he was going to have the advantage. Um, Yeah, it seemed seemed like all systems would go, but uh, pretty much as soon as we heard the story about the flowers from Dongman, it was like, hmm... Uh, <laughs> like in uh, in season two, when Sangman right before he wins tells you the story about how he chose the year. Boy, my father's dead, huh? Yeah, yeah. and that was the oh, oh Sangman's winning. <laughs> Here's the yeah. winner's edit for Sangman and the winner's yeah. edit for Dongman. Yeah. So, um, what, what are you what are you gonna do? But uh, yeah, so so for sure rooting for Kyung Hoon. But you know, like I I can root for Kyung Hoon, and my heart can want Kyung Hoon to win, but I can still understand like just how impressive it is for Dongman to do what he's done now, uh, two straight seasons. It's, it's just unbelievable. So, um, so the players, uh, finish talking, we get the flower thing. Um, oh, and, and another interesting thing was Dongman, uh, at the start of season three, seeing Kyunghoon's information for the first time and being like, yeah, he'll be out second. I, do you remember, did he say Hyunmin would be out first? I think that he, those might have been the first two people he thought would get eliminated. Oh, maybe. Or maybe he just sat there and he was like, oh, Kyunghoon, he'll be out second. Kyunghoon, he'll be out third. Kyunghoon, he'll be out fourth. And then they can just use whichever one is correct. He was like, you guys just edit this together. Good luck. <laughs> he was like, Kyunghoon, he'll come back in an all-star season next season and I'll play him in the finals. Gerald Ford dead today. He was mauled by a bear. I, I get that. Delicious. If if you don't get that <laughs> reference, Google it. You'll have a good time. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, in come the other players. Uh, Hyunmin is upset because he always got a ride from Kyunghoon to the games. I wonder if uh, Hyunmin got a ride home from Kyunghoon the week before. What was that like? Just just straight up awkward. I I, I kind of love Kyunghoon. You, you got to figure you let Hyunmin pick what's on the radio on that drive home. <laughs> just sort of like, yeah. All right, go. buddy. I know you're feeling bad, but special radio privileges today. You want to stop a Korean In and Out? We can. We'll make a stop a Korean In and Out. Um, I I was surprised that anyone on this show has to take the subway to the studio. I would have. I I don't really know too much about how Korean television works, but I thought they would like you know send an Uber to their house or something. I'm well, imagining that Sangman does not drive the van to the studio every week. I'm I'm thinking they send a car to pick up Sangman. There are probably television personalities in New York who take the subway to work, wouldn't you think? Uh, all have a... So I would think so if you do like daily TV, like if you're a news all of them. Yeah, if you're like, if you do like Eyewitness News Channel 7 here in New York, I'd imagine maybe you take the subway or you walk sometimes, but if you're filming 
uh, I don't know, Celebrity Apprentice or whatever. I'd imagine those guys aren't taking the light rail in L.A. over to Donald Trump's fake soundstage office or now Arnold Schwarzenegger's no, over to Arnold Schwarzenegger's office. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I was surprised by that, though, that he took the subway, you know, given that it's the finale. Um, I, yeah, just, just my guess, though, like I was saying, I don't think that they make Sangman take the subway ever. He takes the van. Yeah, exactly. He either drives the the wrapped advertising van or they send an Uber. <laughs> Watch the genius on TVN. 15, fighting. Is that Sangman right. driving that? He's rewrapped the van, just pure genius advertising. That would be the greatest thing ever. And it actually says, watch What's in My Fridge starring Poong this season. On <laughs> what's in my van? <laughs> that's a whole different show. They're not able. That's definitely not 15. That's like 31. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Sangman does enter to a round of applause when he comes back into the arena. Um, everyone else comes in kind of, kind of amiably, and Sangman comes in, and he gets, he gets all the applause. It's the star of the show. <laughs> Sangman Young. Yep. And uh, then, uh, so Sangman and Yohan come in. We've got all 10 people. And as lawyer Yoon-sun points out, well, that's everybody. We're good. Let's start. <laughs> and, that's right. We get, uh, five, we get uh, I, I just wanted to point out, the slinking in Jung Young is one of my favorite entrances on TV. Just the pure embarrassment. He gets his uh, music. And then he says, I wasn't embarrassed because I went out first. I was embarrassed because... Every week, uh, Sangman would send me a text saying, Hyung, it happened today as well. <laughs> it's great that they, that they hit on that too. Gone, 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 gone. Obviously, it's something that we were talking about as the season was happening, but the fact that season two just gets completely massacred, I was glad that it does not go unspoken of here. Um, and thankfully... Let's be, let's be honest, though. Let's be honest. Uh, if, if they had cast Jake Young, she would have made it to the top. She just... What a winner. What a winner. For, uh, for other super fans of The Genius, I'm, I'm just going to point out, Jake Hyun was an actual person who was on season two of The Genius. And uh, if you don't believe me, go back and watch it again. Watch carefully. Uh, she's gone pretty fast, but she was there. She's mostly in the background. You can see her sort of you know, hiding behind trees and things like that. Um, she was the one who decided that rather than let Sangmin and Hong Chul play in a death match, she'd rather get eliminated from the show. Let me, uh, let me answer this and then hang up immediately. Hang on. I'm hanging up on you. Yeah, that phone is always a telemarketer. Nice. Right, so a little, um, little insight into my house. <laughs> Other things I thought were funny here from this opening. Um, well, first of all, thanks to Dom Hart to retrieve uh, Jung Young from the sea and bring him back for our finale. We definitely appreciate that. Yeah, I was going to ask which of Dom and Colin is the Jung Young fan because I can, I can never keep those two straight. I mean, I know which, which is Dom and which is Colin, but I can't. One of them likes Jung Hyun and one of them likes uh, Yun Sung. Oh, definitely Dom. Dom is Jung Hyun forever. And I, I also am Jung Hyun forever. So it's exciting to see him back. Uh, even if it's just to uh, feign offense whenever people mention going out first or going out second and going like, hey, come on now. That's not funny. Is I'm it really Jung Hyun if he's not wearing a Mr. Rogers sweater? Yeah, that was a weird choice for him. He should have to wear something and just consist- consistently be jogging like he just got a new Fitbit. around. Maybe, maybe, maybe he was in something a little more waterproof today. That's a good call. He was, he had his like body glove wetsuit on underneath. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm surprised he didn't come in and like lay out his shell collection from the sea. Yeah. So, um, so some things that I thought were interesting though from the just the intro- introductions and the entrances here. Uh, there's the moment where Jin Ho is talking to Hyun Min and he's like, you know, I did not think that you would be here. I I never thought you'd get eliminated. And uh, Hyun Min honestly answered, as we all thought when we watched the pregame press. Uh, yeah, I didn't think so either. I was pretty sure that I was going to make it to the end this season. And uh, whoops. 
Um, I think that would have been a better finale, to be honest. Independent of the outcome, I think Hyunmin Kyunghoon would have been better than Dongmin Kyunghoon. Just because you think it would be a more compelling story, or because yeah, more compelling been... story, and I I think that like they're equally likely to get flustered. Like they're neither one of them is going to get flustered playing each other. Whereas I think you do get a little bit of Kyunghoon, like you know, getting. I, I think he he was a little bit affected by playing this guy who's just such an ice man. Yeah, it certainly looks that way. Um, and, and then just other things I would draw from the intros. We find out that uh, let's see that Yohan has had a child. So congratulations to Yohan and probably his uh, wife had the child, but he was um, he he is ostensibly the father. So yes, congratulations, Yohan Junior, as the uh, broadcast points out. And I'm curious if it is in fact Yohan Junior, or if there's just an expression for he's got a, a boy. He's just named Starcraft, I assume, or something Starcraft related. That's always possible. And if he has a second child, he'll name him Jinho. <laughs> but ump, uh, we're gonna and we we do get a solid Jinho two joke within the opening of this episode, which I appreciated. You got to keep the streak alive with the with the double item. That's right, with the double. Yeah. Jinho draws the the double, the two X, as yeah. you expect. Yeah. So the the players uh, talk to the two finalists. Uh, not a lot. Dongmin is begging for Kyungran's item, and not surprising, he's going to get it. Probably no matter what happens, he's going to get her item. And then uh, Sangmin gives Kyunghoon his energy. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that from everybody. I thought they, they played about as hard as they could there. I also thought, you know, there was a chance that Kyungran's item could have been up for grabs. I could see if, if Dongmin hadn't made that appeal, and Kyunghoon had made it, I think she probably would have given it to Kyunghoon. So... I didn't write story. down which item that was. I wonder if that could have been one of the ones that maybe would have turned the game. But yeah, I'd, um, I, I was thinking that as I was writing things down, rewatching, I was like, should I write down who got what to see if any of them were really pivotal? And then I was like, you know what? None it's of silly, them were really it's, it's silly. Yeah, it's random. I mean, it's random which one you yeah. grab. And also, Dongmin had this in the bag. I don't think any. I don't. I think you could have given every single item to Kyung Hoon, and, and Dongmin still would have won. Um. No, I disagree with that. I think if you give all the items to Kyung Hoon, he probably would have won the game. I think uh, uh, with uh, with mystery, and we'll talk about this more later. But with mystery sign, I think having like the double score item and the no lost points item, like I think that adds up to a lot. Those are the two uh, better items as opposed to the one that Kyung Hoon got, the secret, which hides the number he chose for the first hint. It, you know, that's that's fine, but it's not great. I think if you use those together. If you use uh, double score and secret together, you've got a huge advantage in a round to to score two points. And uh, so I, I do think that makes a big difference in that game and in number janky as well. Um, you know, it's it's such a a game that looks like it's not close is often closer than it seems. And I think having um, extra having extra help in the form of of the minus one in addition to the plus one and having the blind end like I, th- that could that could swing. I don't know that Dongmin would win if he were at an 11 to zero disadvantage of items because I don't think that's the case. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I, I still think that these were pretty lopsided when it came down to it, but fair enough. All right. Shall we, shall we dig in here? Anything else you want to talk about before we get to the games? Well, let's get to the items first because now we got to hand those out um, and we're going to see how, how we did in predicting this. Uh, Jung Hyun gives his to Dongmin, which we, which we expected. Um, Yoan, Sangmin, Yoon-sun, and Yuyan give theirs to Kyunghoon. And yeah. Sangmin like- says that he, he kind of thought about giving it to Dongmin, but you know, in the end, he does the right thing. He, he took a shot at Kyunghoon in the game where he came back. 
Um, and and Kyunghoon took Sangman's best shot and survived, and so now Kyunghoon gets the item. I think that's fair, and that's uh, well done by Sangman, who I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I enjoy watching Sangman on this program. So I, I know that's a controversial position, but there I said that's it. Sangman guy, up and coming. Uh, I think yeah, when it came down to it, Sangman knew what would make the best TV, and he went with it. Uh, and I thought it was funny to hear Johan note that. Do you think uh, that's all it was? No, I think that he genuinely has some affection for Kyunghoon. Yeah, I think so too. They they definitely were talking offset, like as we get to when we get to what happened with Jun Sayak and choosing his item. Sangman knows what uh, Kyunghoon is up to. They probably have just been speaking. So I I think he sees some of himself in him and he's happy to be rooting for him. Um, and what are you saying about Johan? Uh, I enjoyed that Johan notes that uh, if Kyunghoon wins, then he gets to be the sole troll of the show. And so he might as well boost K Hound so that he has the only troll <laughs> reputation left. It's funny. Yeah, and then uh, Yoon Sun just doesn't like Dongmin, which makes sense. I mean, um, yeah. Uh, well, like we talked to, to Shireen earlier this season, and I feel like there's some similarity there, and just, just in terms of being like, uh, uh, you know, a strong uh, female personality who just like, you know, isn't willing to, to look away when you've got a, a sort of an overbearing, um, chauvinistic or at least chauvinistic seeming uh male so um not not a shock that she wouldn't give it to dongman uh yu knows kyunghoon they were they were cast together as as outsiders in season three um as was yunsung but he gave his item to dongman very reasonably i think because dongman saved his bacon against yoan in uh tactical Yutnori back in episode two i I did not expect that at all i thought that he was locked to give it to kyunghoon but i understood his rationale and that makes sense it makes sense that's fine that's fair. Uh, Jung Moon gives her as a Dongmin because he told her to. So she did, right? Same yeah, as Ran, pretty much. I, I, yeah, hers was just sort of a, I, I like you both. I'll cheer for, uh, I'll cheer for Kyung Hoon without giving him something. The call back to last season where Kyung Hoon uh, famously said, you know, don't root for me then. So this season when Jung Moon says, oh, well, I'll just cheer for you without giving you an item. Yunsung does the, no, don't do it. Don't cheer for him then. Just don't do it. Just reminds <laughs> you, he's come a long way. Good for Kyunghoon. Yeah. He probably would not have done that this season. Yeah. Um, so Jungmoon and Kyungran give their items to Dongmin, and Jun Sayak gives his to Kyunghoon as promised, which is great. I, I mean, that'd be another final two that I would have enjoyed, Jun Sayak versus Kyunghoon. Uh, Jinho goes to Dongmin, again, not surprisingly, and Hyunmin makes a show of it, and everyone's like, yeah, we know that Kyunghoon's your buddy, so like, quit hamming it up. He's like, yeah, all right, all right. He gives it to his manager. Uh, I honestly, that one, a bit of a surprise to me. I think they're both clearly his friends. He's close with both guys. Um, bum diddly, I'm sure. I don't know. You kind of felt you felt the heat though between Dongman and Hyunmin late in the season. Sure, sure, it came up a bit, but uh, you know, bum diddly, I'm just, If you look at his Twitter, put up a video of the of Dongman and Hyunmin throwing out the first pitch at a baseball game. So the two of them are still clearly tight. They they're they're friendly. So I, I could have seen that one going either way. It made sense as it worked out, but I don't think it was necessarily a slam dunk. Sure. So, um, all right. So now, now, would you like to get to the games? We have, we have uh, Stratego, sort of, and we have uh, Mystery Sign. Uh, are, you, are you a Stratego player? Do you, I mean, have you? I uh, am. I was going to say, so I, I grew up playing Stratego. My dad and I used to play yeah. it all the time on the weekends and stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it. One of my favorite board games. Uh, so this was very fun to see. There were also yeah. When you come out to Chicago, maybe I'll, I'll break out the Stratego and you can kick my ass at Stratego because I did play not play Stratego. that much, but I enjoy it. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I'd also I mentioned this on the uh, the Patron Genius group 
but you can get Stratego on your iPad or Android tablet if you're like me, a weirdo who has an Android tablet. What? And it's you just can called Stratego. Yeah, you can just play along at home. It's an actual like licensed Stratego version. It's a fun game. You can give it a shot. I will look that up right now. I'm sure uh, it's the same learning curve you get with a lot of these games where uh, the people who are playing on the app are playing because they're good. Uh, so you're going to lose a lot when you start playing it. And only the people who are really good stick around. But um, I will give it a shot and I will go ahead and lose to very talented Stratego players. It's, it's a fun game. And as you saw here, uh, let, let's talk through the rules a bit. I'll give you some of the basics and then Scott chime in as we go. But essentially, so this is not actually Stratego. It's Number Jangy which is heavily inspired by Stratego, but also somewhat inspired by 12 Jangi or regular Jangi. Um, the way it works is that each person is going to get 10 numbered pieces, so numbered one through 10, and then three mines and one king. And your goal is to move the pieces to either capture the king or capture all the other pieces with the exception of the king. Uh, Unlike 12 Jangi and unlike actual Stratego, they're playing on a 6x9 board, so it's a little bit smaller uh, than what you would see in Stratego, but a little bit bigger, obviously, than what you would do for 12 Jangi. Uh, and there's going to be a 60-second time limit for moves. And yeah, so there's four win move. conditions. Yep. There's, there's another win condition also. So, yeah, like you said, you can capture your opponent's king. You can capture all your opponent's pieces, excluding the king. Um, you win if your opponent exceeds the time limit, and you also win if you can get your king to the furthest rank on the board, uh, all the way to your opponent's uh, first row. Which did not come up as Kyung Hoon and Dongmin were playing, but that was in the in the rules of the game, and is another interesting way that that you can win if you start running low on pieces. Yep, that that's right. That's probably what it would have come down to if uh, K Hound was going to attempt to win this once we get to the end of the game. Um, mm-hmm. But they noted you can only move forward. You can move you know, side to side, diagonally, or straight ahead. Uh, you can move, I believe you can move one piece anytime. You can move two pieces. Uh, you can jump up two pieces ahead in some instances, but you can't forward. jump forward. Anybody. Yep. Right, right. So you, you can't move backwards ever. You can move side to side, diagonally, and forward. And if you go forward, you can go one or two spaces, but not, not jump anybody. Yep. And then the essentially the game is going to work as a series of battles, where if you're... Uh, adjacent to another piece, either in front of it or beside it, you will then face off. And if the sum of your two pieces are 10 or greater, you will sum up off in that the higher numbered piece will win and get to stay on the board. If the sum of your pieces are nine or fewer, then you face off in terms of which piece is a smaller number and the smaller number gets to stay on the board. Um, Mm -hmm. That is the case unless you are uh, separated by a, a minus line. There are also minus lines on the board, which are an interesting addition that you, you don't see in regular Stratego. Um, and in this case, the two numbers get subtracted from one another instead of added to get to that you know, plus or minus 10 rule set to see if you're going to have the highest number win or the smaller number win. Well, with the minus battle, you can never get... You can never... The lower number is going to win. Yep. Yep, that right. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, so a lot of rules. It's a very interesting game, though. Um, it is different from Stratego in some key ways, and depending on the situation, it could be your high numbers or your low numbers that are the best. Um, and the, the addition of the minus lines uh, across the board uh, are also very compelling. Now, if you have your number 10 and you run them all the way up the sideline where he can't be attacked across a minus line, um, he's, he, can't, uh, he can't be eliminated um, unless a 10 takes him out because a tie eliminates both pieces, or if he hits a mine 
or if he hits a piece using the plus one uh, uh, advantage. So the 10 can be a very powerful piece, especially on the outside of the board. The one can be a very powerful piece on the inside of the board, um, where if you know you're not up against the nine or the 10, the one is going to win. And even against a nine or a 10, a one is going to win a minus battle. So um, also, you know, in Stratego, you've got to actually attack a piece. You've got to occupy the same space to initiate the battle. But in number Jangi, just if once you're adjacent to a piece, the battle begins. That's it. You're, you're battling. And if, if you're yep. adjacent to a number of pieces, then any one that has a lose condition met is taken off the board. And I thought that was the most interesting rule change here. The fact that you can butt up against multiple pieces and have the battles happen simultaneously. Because it basically means... great. Yeah, and you'll see this with what Dongman does, but it means you can send scouts out, uh, sacrifice pieces, and just try to reveal as much information as possible, depending on where you're moving. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great move. It's something that the game invites, um, and it seems like something that Kyung-Hoon is just not ready for when they're playing. Yeah, I, uh, Abe, what was surprising or that, So you got to give a lot of credit to Dongman here, because I think if, if you had said, when you look at the start here, look at who is teaching up who in this instance. So if I remember correctly... Uh, Let's see. Kyung-hoon is there with Yu-yeon and with Hyun-min as his practice partners. And Dong-min is there with Jin-ho and Yun-sun. And no offense to those guys who are no slouches, but I, I would have thought that the, the, the training combo of Hyun-min and, uh, and Yu-yeon would have been a stronger you know, Yeah, that's the brain trust pair. I want for a strategy game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I would have expected you know, Kyung-hoon to be coming in with sort of a very well-thought-out strategy and sort of understanding the ins and outs of the game from the get-go, whereas what actually happens is, you know, no offense to Kyung-hoon, who I thought, you know, played pretty well for this game. He clearly thought through that he wanted to play a roughly a, you know, a counter-attack defensive type of strategy the game, the whole game through. But Dongmin seemed to think through the fact that you could, you know, basically send out suicide missions, get as much information as possible, use that information to guide moves in the second half of the game. Yeah. So um, it's it's not that close. I mean, as it actually plays out, it, it's it gets out of hand for Kyung-hoon pretty quickly, and he's down to his last two pieces, one of which is his flag, which is promptly taken out, and uh, it's, it's one nothing Dongman. I mean, there's, just, there's not a lot to say. Um, the, you know, the, attacking multiple pieces at a time is a strong strategy, but um, without a number jangy board in front of me, like I feel like I'd, I'd have to have the practice board like the players had to really get a sense of what works for it. Um, yeah, not, I, I mean, clearly, though, your placement well, I mean, didn't matter quite a bit. I, I thought the placement... Ball uh, plug for, for my games, but with, with deduction, which is, which is my take on the idea of black and white. Like, I feel like I learned more about the strategy in black and white by actually playing the game, like, live with people and, and seeing how it went. Like, I feel like I got a much better sense of the, the thought that goes into it by actually having the cards in my hand and playing it. Like it's very different uh, playing it, even though it's the, you know, the same rules that you've seen on TV and it's the same, the same basic game that like watching on TV is, is no replacement for actually playing it and how much you learn from, from actually playing the game. And I think number Jangi is another game where you, you've really got to have the board in front of you and play it um, to have a sense of, of what you need to be doing to win the game. Yep. I, I mean, I think that makes sense. I think a couple things that I drew for it were just the fact that you know, your mind placement was going to be very important here. There were probably some very predictable mind placements that were possible, but also obviously your number placement matters quite a bit. Do you lead out with smaller numbers and try to sacrifice folks and just draw information? Or do you lead out with your you know, better numbers at the, at the polls, the lowest and the highest numbers, and try to use those to, to attack, attack, attack? Right well, front. think about like like in Stratego, right? Like the the strategy you take on the first, you know, once you understand the game and you start playing a little bit, um, you start surrounding your flag with bombs 
um, to protect it. And then as you play more and more, you do a little less of that um, because you want your bombs to sort of distract your opponent and draw them away from where your flag really is. And then maybe eventually the next level, you start putting your flag behind the bombs again because your opponent's anticipating that you're going to try to use a trap like that. Uh, I think, but, but that's when you're playing the game multiple times. With Number Janky, which you're playing one time, I think you do the obvious thing. You put the, the mines very near your flag, and you can set them up so that one cannot get to your flag without having first been adjacent to at least one of the mines um, to try to protect yourself. Uh, I think that's, that's clearly the, the top strategy um, is, you know, if you put a mine in the second to last level, um, let's say your flag is all the way in the, the bottom rank closest to you, the first, the first level. Um, if you put your bombs, your mines in the second level and maybe one in the third or fourth level, the ones in the second level, no one can get around to your flag without being, having first been adjacent to a bomb, uh, or I guess in this case, a mine, uh, as they're called in number janky. So, um, you're forcing, it, it's going to take at least two pieces to get to your flag if you place your mines correctly. So it's not, it's not just like one random piece can sort of wiggle their way in there and take your flag out. Yeah, I I broadly agree with that. I think you want to keep the flag surrounded or keep your king surrounded. Because um, you're only playing once. If you're playing a best of three or a best of five or something, then you've got to use different strategies so it doesn't. It's it's not so obvious what your flag might be. But um, you're playing one time. You got one result. Just put the mines around your flag and yeah. it, it reminded me of what, the, it reminded me of the game in season three where each team had to protect one member of the team who could either strap on uh, shields to protect himself or swords to attack. And you're yeah, essentially the sword making, and shield game. Yeah, you're you're essentially making a similar decision here. So do you uh, surround your your king or your flag with uh, offensive pieces that you can use to counterattack? Do you uh, or do you put the mines in other places to try to distract and uh, give the impression that your king is actually somewhere else? So a similar right. thought process and you know similar game theory type uh, thinking has to go into it in terms of do you want to be using the mines to direct someone to exactly where the king is, but just make them really fight for it to get there? Or do you want to use them to sort of throw people off the scent and actually move the king in a different direction? Yeah, and unrelated, going back to that sword and shield game, I think I figured out the best solution for what to do with uh, the the leader or the king or whoever the person is you're protecting, which is you give them a sword on one side, you give them a shield on the other, but you have them use them incorrectly. So you have them declare the sword as a shield and the shield as the sword so that once they use up their three spots on the shield, no one's going to challenge them yet. Then when they go to the other side and claim that the side that was a sword is now a shield, then they're going to get called out on it. They can show that it is, in fact, a shield and they'll be safe. But we'll get, we'll get to that we go back in time to that episode of season three with again, the, the um, somewhat recappy podcasts that we're going to be doing, but back to number Jenny. <laughs> yep. We can just pretend like we actually recorded this after that. And so we can say that was a great discussion we had when we talked about that season three episode with the, sort of <laughs> it was so good. yeah. Um, so, all right. So I don't think there's much else to say about number Jenny. Is there? No, I'm good with moving on. I think there's plenty we can talk about mystery sign and just the pure brain power that went into this competition. And just the like absolute uh, holy crap moment of like, wait, Dongman's really, really good at genius. He has like one of my favorite quotes in the whole series that Shireen points out to. I know Shireen noted this uh, either in the Facebook group or on Twitter. Like he has the amazing quote where he says, you know, Kyung Hoon's probably better at math than I am, but I'm better at creativity and nonsense than he is. So I think I've got an advantage here. 
And yeah. he is absolutely right. I think I really underestimated the extent to which creativity and nonsense would matter in this game, but it really shines. Yeah, it wasn't just it wasn't just equations. It wasn't just uh, algebraic functions. There's a lot more to this than just math. I mean, you're expecting it to be algebraic functions. You're, you're from the the description of the game. You're expecting it to be, you know, uh, four times the first number plus the plus the square root of the second number or whatever. And it winds up not. I mean, you look at the the round where Kyung Hoon is giving the eight billion number over and over. Which, by the way, mistake. Give a different ridiculous number each time. Um, but uh, you know, he's. The the answer is how many of each each uh, numeral is in uh, is in the two numbers, which is just such it requires such lateral thinking. It's really a great game to determine the winner of the genius because it does take that that sideways thinking that the genius like skill that Jinho talked about in awarding his item to Sangmin in season two. Who's the most genius like? Like this this is a contest to tell you who's the most genius like. Yeah, it, that was so good. I have no qualms of saying that Dongmei would have kicked my ass at that game because I, even after he explained what the answer was to that one, I was like rewinding and scratching my head to be like, how did he get that? Like, I never in a million years would have figured out that it's the count of the different numbers and sort of coded out and listed out piece by piece you know, within the, the string of numbers. That was really, really impressive. And just kudos to him for figuring that out in less than the month and a half it would have taken me. He was all over it. And how about the round where Kyung Hoon used his advantage and Kyung Hoon asked how soon he could ring in, which told Dongmin that it was probably the simplest explanation. Um, and Dongmin's able to steal it out from under Kyung Hoon. Yeah. Not, not, so not only did he think well, but he also, you know, used the cues in the room to figure out what was going on. And you know, Dongmin just does it all. Just like with, uh, what was it, with Tactical Utenori earlier this season, he uses the context clues and his understanding of the other people to draw out more information. So he knows, just like you said, that Kyung Hoon is probably going to be really, really on top of things that are some kind of, you know, math-based answer. So once he knows, again, he thinks to himself, okay, what's a possible math-based answer here? Figures it out and just steals it. Yeah, it's, it's just great. Um, It's, it's super impressive. And Kyung Hoon wins the first round and you're thinking, all right, all right, he's got it. Um, and then there's just he doesn't get another chance to take a breath the entire game. And watching this, um, you know, I'm I I saw the the time ticker thing on the on the video player. Like um, uh, I see how much time is left. And so either Kyung Hoon's going to win this quickly and we're going to the third game, or if this game starts taking a while, there's not enough time for Kyung Hoon to win this and for them to play betting black and white. And so as Dongman starts taking these rounds, I'm going, oh no, <laughs> this is this is over yeah our first two straight victory since season one but you know it should happen half the time you'd expect that half the time if the players are evenly matched that half the time you would see a two nothing finale and that's the risk with this finale format we've kind of spoiled from the last two seasons going down to the wire but uh you know with 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 this format like a lot of the time half the time someone's going to win that second that the first in the second game and that's going to be it so. Yeah, and I don't think that really hurts the episode or anything. I no no problem. It does if you know how long the episode's going to take. Yeah, that, I mean that's true. I think I, I've heard Dom and Colin talk about that sometimes as well. You guys have got to watch this on Chromecast. You get to watch it on a big screen. You don't have to worry about seeing the time bar. Makes everything. Well, I, I had to see the time bar because I again I have a a very young child in the house and another child who while not very young is also young. Um, so I have to know what kind of time commitment I'm making when I'm watching an episode of The Genius. So. Um, 
I, I did have to know, unfortunately, yeah. but yeah, um, that did, that did negatively affect my enjoyment of the episode, I think, but uh, you know, it's just, it's just so impressive to watch Dongman do it. And they give Kyungman the option. They say, look, you can't catch him. Well, I want to keep playing anyway. And then Dongman coughs it right back with a wrong answer. And uh, again, had there been more time left and had they played extreme ways, um, <laughs> you know, maybe Kyunghoon could have done it. I guess in real time he could have done it, but um, from you know, by the time we're watching, when it's all wrapped up, the suspense is gone. Gosh, could you imagine what kind of ending that would have been if Dongman's hubris had cost him the perfect? The game? It would have been the exact opposite of Monorail against uh, Yanju in season exactly. three. That would have been something. Perfect mirror would have been great, but didn't happen. So Dongman is your winner. Um, I mean. Is is he is he the best two time winner? Of, well, there's not that many two time winners. Is is it's he the most? Sandra. Well, okay, so he's not better than Sandra, obviously. Um, but um, I feel like for you, that's a a joke. For me, I think it's yeah, that's I, a joke. Yeah, I, I love Sandra. Uh, we can happily have this discussion. I think Sandra is much better than she gets credit for. Uh, well, I, I'm not arguing that she isn't, but I'm I I am. Yeah. But yeah, in any I, case, I I totally agree. Dongman is a better two time winner than Sandra. But I would just say yeah. Sandra, also good. Is there a more dominant winner of any of the reality shows with which we're familiar? Like anyone else who, if you put him in a, even an all-star season, you'd have such great feelings of this person's probably going to win because Dongman was the favorite coming into the season. I mean, he, he, he was. I would give Kim from One World on Survivor a lot of credit similarly. Like if there's ever a Survivor winners or Survivor legend season, I think she would probably be my pick. She, she may she may be as good at Survivor as Dongman is at the genius. In fact, it wouldn't like that's not a shocking thought to me. Um, but I think it's she's less likely to repeat uh, just because in Survivor, someone with a reputation like that, you can target them and take them right out. So yeah, it, it's true. You it's, it Dongman has the advantage. You want to work with him for longer in the genius, even in a season of All Stars, than you would want to work with Kim in a season of All Stars and Survivor. Um, just because having Dongman there to organize people and to, you know, build alliances is so valuable. Plus he writes your name on your lunch. So you don't confuse it with anyone else's lunch. And that's just, that's just a good guy thing to do. So what can you say? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just, he's, he dominates. That's terrible. He dominates. And his name is Dongman. Uh, I just looked at you like dealer. Nuna looks at Dongman every week. (laughs) Oh, Yeah, <laughs> this young. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I mean, he's just he just dominates. He just does it. I mean, I remember back to the start of season three where it's like, OK, well, this guy's not long for the game. Like, you can't just bulldoze over everybody like this isn't going to work. This guy's either going to have to figure out he can't do this or he's he's going to go. And it just never happened. He, it, it, he makes it work for him. He comes in. He says he's in control and people go, ah, ha, ha, no, you're not. And then. 13 weeks later, they're scratching their heads going, how did that guy kick my ass so bad? Yeah, and he did it again two seasons in a row. Same way. Yep. The tagline for the season was, you can't win again in the same way. And uh, uh, no, he, he did. did. Yep. No, he definitely did. Did the exact same thing. Yep. So, so do you, what do you think? Is the genius solved? Like, Is this the way to win the genius? You have to be a, a vocal people leader. Uh, um, under the radar does not seem to be the way to dominate consistently on the genius. No, you maybe you have to be up front. You have to be someone who's scary to take to death matches. I mean, the only person who opted to take him to a death match was somebody who intended to lose to him. 
you know, it was like, well, I'm ready to lose with honor. So I'll go with like this guy who's really, really good. Uh, but you know, like Dongman is so good at the social game and so good at, at controlling people that, you know, it's, it's easy to forget that he's, He's so good at these games. Like, look how good he is at these death matches. He he dominated every single one-on-one match he played this season. He absolutely killed it. He he destroyed Tactical Utnori as Yonsung's partner. He 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 eviscerated Jinho and Yoan, who are no slouches in the world of of game playing. He, I mean, Kungran probably isn't the toughest competition, but he smeared her entrails across the walls with with his Gil Hap skills. Uh, Hyunmin beat him at 12 Jangi last time, and he beats Hyunmin two straight rounds of 12 Jangi this time. Like, holy cow. And then he comes into the finals, and he he slices up uh, Kyunghoon vertically and horizontally at both these games. I mean, he just there's just there's nowhere to beat him. What do you do? Yeah, it was it was vicious. I mean, un- unless, you know, if there's All-Stars 2 and, and Dongman comes back, you basically have to, you know, force him into the death match every single week and just hope that he takes out lesser players uh, until he eventually slips up because he is a, he is a beast. Yeah. If he, if he gets back in the game again, if he plays again, he's, he's going deep again, unless, unless you get a game like middle race where all the players can conspire. You get a middle race again. Um, I mean, if there had been a middle race this season, potentially the other players could have forced Kenman and Dongman to face off in a death match in that episode. Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, for all the people who were eliminated early, clearly that would have been the right thing to do. Get those guys into a death match early, break up the pair, mm-hmm. try to get them, you know, at cross purposes. Well, obviously one of them would go, and then isolate the other one that's left. But yeah, this so, is not that kind of show, and it has not been. Like it is no, not it aggressively cutthroat show like that. So, um, anything, anything else to say? I mean, it's it's been a great season. I think the story's better if Kyung Hoon wins. But, yeah, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I. It, if if and when the show comes back in Korea, and we don't know the answer to if that's going to happen, but I would hope that they go for all new games again. As much as I enjoyed seeing some games come back this season, I I like it when everybody is learning right there, you know, on the set yes. together. It's more pure. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes for a more entertaining show. You really see who has the the quick thinking skills to figure these things out and to make a play. Yeah, uh, I mean. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's uh, that's pretty sound. Yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully, hopefully we get another season of the Genius. Um, but we're we're here. We're ready. We're gonna watch whatever foreign versions come out, and hopefully, sometime soon, we'll either be podcasting about an American version, or we'll be restricted from podcasting about the American version because we'll be competing on the American version. And I'll say again to any potential producers of any American version of the show, hey, uh, I'm Scott. I'm uh, I'm here for you. Uh, give me a call. So yeah, I'm Mike. I'm in anytime. Let's do this. Yep. And uh, then we can, we can uh, build an alliance at the beginning of an episode. And then at the end of the season, when we're facing off, they can replay the clips of that. You no, know, we actually, yeah, just, we have to talk about each other in the, the clips and casting and be like, Scott green, who the hell is this guy out on day one? This, this Harvard Unchina, Michael Botta, you know, he doesn't know what he's in for. This isn't Harvard anymore, buddy. This is the real world. That's right. We just know we do exactly what Dongman did. We just record one version for each possible outcome of the show. <laughs> Michael Botta, he's out first. He's out second. He's Scott, out third. Yeah. Scott Green eliminated when a light from the ceiling fixture fell on his head and canceled the season. Get ready. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Hope hopefully the show is properly insured. Um, yeah, I, I I don't really have any 
we've, I mean, we've talked at length about this season, as you may recall. Um, so <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else to tie it together. We get hand-holding, everyone circles the table, and then uh, at long last, Bandage Young tells us... He gives us the, uh, the big farewell. He, he says, then I will see you next time over the yes. title card. Farewell. And, and there's a great moment of three winners because we don't have four winners. We only have three winners uh, <laughs> saying, you know, they'll call us again. Right. Right. With Sangman leading the charge. And let's hope the answer is yes. Cause these guys are great. Well, the ratings were off the charts. I mean, uh, actually let me pull that up now. I'm no longer afraid to go to the Wikipedia page for yeah. spoilers. I, I happen uh, to remember. Uh, so the finale averaged 3% and peaked with a 4.1% quarter hour. Why that's stuck in my head. I don't know. Um, but I can tell you that from, the reading that I think a bunch of us did anything above 1% of the population in Korean television ratings is a hit. So the fact that this was at 3% for the finale and spiked to 4%, you know, means that it was doing very, very well. Um, yeah. It, it, seems like it seems like a great sign. Um, yeah. It, I'm looking for the ratings here for the other seasons and I don't see them. Um but I seem to recall having read somewhere that, yeah, they just, it wasn't like this. Um, maybe season one. No. All right. I'm going to stop reading Wikipedia. Cause I, I've read that that does not make compelling podcasts. Is that right? It'll actually spoil the results of season uh, five somehow. If you keep reading it, just go up. I mean, they, they get progressively better. Generally uh, the low watermark was episode two. Um, and then you had a peak for episode three, and then the rest of the season, like it starts building up again um, until we get to, yeah, more than 3% for the finale. And that's, that's just awesome for a, for a Korean show. Um, and I see, I don't know what this means, but the online numbers seem very good. 48%. Does that mean 48% of people who watched it, watched it online? I have no idea. That sounds reasonable though. I don't know. Um, but it says right here on the Wikipedia page, as most Korean cable programs rarely reach 1%, these ratings are considered very high. So, um, you know, money is the is, is a great way to motivate the producers to come back and do this again. And please do. I mean, seriously, please do. start a, start your own Kickstarter. I will sign on to that. And uh, um, I, I will donate. Uh, I would I would give upwards of seven and a half dollars to have another season of The Genius. Upwards. That's right. And yeah, if if only we could talk to some people who maybe knew something about the production of the show, who could give us some uh, some insight. Maybe we'll try to work on that. Yeah. Again, uh, not to not to give out names or anything, but stay tuned to this podcast. If you haven't subscribed on iTunes, please do. You do not want to miss this episode uh, where we're going to be talking with someone who has played this game on Korean television. One of the contestants um, from one or maybe more of the seasons of the Genius. And if that goes well, hopefully we'll be talking to more people That's- who have played the game. That's right. Um, Scott, we'll Scott, used his, uh, Scott used his magician connections and his knowledge of Korean, and we're talking to Yoonkul. Get excited, everybody. <laughs> we're talking to Yoonkul, and we're going to do it in Korean. Um, and, uh, not, yep, yep. We're going to have uh, Bumdi translate it um, for <laughs> us, but you getting the podcast will be hearing it in Korean, so that'll be uh, fun. Yeah, I, so I wonder if Yoonkul does something. He might. Yeah. No, I, I will say it's not Yunkil uh, who we're talking to. We are talking to someone who will be able to speak English with us. So um, maybe that's a little bit of a clue as to who it could be. But we are very, very excited about that. Um, I mentioned earlier we're planning a games podcast with Ian Terry and Miles Nye. That'll be a lot of fun. Be sure to join us for that. We're going to talk about how you can play Genius Games at home, have a Genius Games night, how to duplicate all the fun things you've seen all your favorite contestants do from the show. 
And again, um, please make sure that you uh, you back the Kickstarter. And you, the short link to it is thegreatscott.com slash games. Uh, and if you go to thegreatscott.com, T-H-E-G-R-E-A-T-S-C-O-T-T.com slash games, it will take you right to the Kickstarter where you can see uh, prototypes of the games. I'm still working on the artwork a little bit, but you can see the first printed versions of them as my son begins to call me for dinner. Um, and you can see a video where I'm explaining the games a little bit. You can sign on for $25. You can get both games and, uh, they're really great. Mike, you have them in hand and you can attest. They are well-made. They're great. They're great. They play, um, as they should. They're a lot of fun. Yep. Totally agree. I think it would be a blast. So, um, so that's it for now, but for us, it is not farewell. We will see you next time. There will be more genius cast, uh, and we're very excited about that. So, um, for genius cast with Scott and Mike, I'm Scott at who is Scott green. Mike is at Michael Botta, B O T T A. And, uh, we will talk to you next time. Thanks so much, everybody.